1: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Pod Diva. Hello, hello. This is Rachel Shelley. And yes, Pod Diva is officially on their summer holidays. Maybe you can hear the sea lapping in the background there. But I just wanted to say hi, to stay connected, and send you one of my fave episodes, just to keep in touch. This week, it's the multi-talented Heather Peace musician and actress currently playing Eve Unwin in EastEnders and scooping up loads of awards. Pod Pod Diva. Hello, lovely Pod Diva listener. My name is Roxy.
3: I'm the editor of Diva. This is such a special interview, so I really hope you enjoy it. And once you've had a listen, go and grab yourself a copy of the collectible, super spangly, super jam-packed 300th issue of Diva magazine. Heather, lovely, lovely Heather, Heather (laughs) Piss. You are our amazing cover star for Diva's 300th issue. Now how do you feel about being on the cover of the 300th ever issue of Diva?
4: I'm absolutely made up like when the offer came through I'm I'm, I'm really really made up. Everybody knows what Diva meant to me coming out age 19 and it sort of being up on the top shelf with the lads mags and things like that. I mean, now it's in. I, I quite often find it in the hobbies section, which uh, <laughs> does make me laugh. It, but at least it's a promotion from being on the on the top shelf, you know. And 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 quite often you'd go to the till with it sort of rolled up before you like paid for it. So yeah, I I mean, absolutely made up. Yeah, thank you for asking me. I mean, seriously, it's great.
3: Yeah, but of course, of course, Heather. When it was like, okay, we need to do something special for Diva, the big 300th birthday Christmas bonanza. You were were who I wanted. I'm like, who is more iconic and gorgeous and trailblazing? And I I love the parallel between Diva's story and your story. Like, I love the idea that, you know, it came into your life when you were at a certain time in your life and exploring your sexuality. And then I love... I just love the 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 connection there. I think it's a very it's beautiful absolutely. connection. Absolutely. I
4: mean it was it was about the magazine, it was about, you know, who who was out there doing whatever, but I mean for us at that time pre sort of social media or or any of that stuff, it was finding out where the where the weekly monthly nights were happening. You know, you move from Manchester to London and it's not your stomping ground. I've been in Manchester come out in Manchester, sort of knew what was going on there moved to london and then you wanted to find out where are all the lesbians going you know and uh, it was all there at the back of the magazine telling you that I, I used to go to uh ducky at the vauxhall tavern and there was one out at, um oh gosh you had to get on so many trains uh, something green norwood green oh there was my... a lesbian night at a, at a club there and it was you know it was quite a mission to get to and <laughs> There was all these sorts of things. That the clubs would be... So there's candy bar and there was... Oh, there was Vespa Lounge. Oh, that yeah. pool tables, so that was good. And um, Yeah, so you'd, you'd find out all your, all your local information on um, where you could meet your, um, your tribe.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And what do you think 19-year-old Heather would think if she knew that you were going to be on the 300th ever issue of Diva? <sighs>
4: honestly honestly can't really get my head around it so back back 20 odd years ago when i was threatened by the news of the world to be outed um in not in a in really quite salacious way it wasn't it wasn't they'd always just managed to find an angle that was made it dirty or something mm. and um, and i was sort of told not to be out so to be out and proud and and have been so for what probably about fifteen years now, yeah. I, I just never, I just never thought that you could have it all. I never thought. You, you look back at being nineteen and I've said this a lot recently, but when you came out back then, Section Twenty Eight was still in. We were mm. still blowing our whistles in front of the Houses of Parliament, pride was a protest going past Westminster, you know, and and was it was sad when you came out back then you were essentially giving up the idea of ever being married or certainly ever having kids i know there was a few trailblazers that did manage to do that and more power to them but i didn't have that in me to be one of those trailblazers and i feel so emotional about it now like thinking there was a sadness in coming out because i love i've always loved kids and you and were, for me, giving that up, really. And, and now, look, I'm on the 300th cover <laughs> of Diva. I've got a career-ish. And um, I've got three kids and a wife. I mean, yeah, when I sort of put it like that, I actually feel quite emotional. It's, it's amazing. I do feel like I've won the lottery, that I've got it all. Yeah.
3: Good, it is emotional, it is emotional love it's, it, But it's a good emotion isn't it Because you've got yeah. this gorgeous, gorgeous family You're doing so well And like you say, you would have thought that who you are intrinsically would have held you back from experiencing some of those things, but you've still yeah. you've still got them. It's wonderful.
4: I would have done it 10 years earlier, though, Roxy, to be fair. Like, <laughs> having three very smalls at my age can be quite exhausting. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing. But no, I'm kidding. No, do you know what? I haven't met, met Ellie then anyway, so all the timing worked out quite well. Yeah.
3: And then, so in 1994... In April 1994, the first ever issue of Diva came out. Do you know where you were in your life at that time?
4: She yeah, had kissed my first girl in 94.
3: Oh my goodness, you've got to tell me about that. Tell me about the first time you kissed a girl. Uh, the
4: heavens opened when I kissed my first girl. And we were sat on the wall in Canal Street and she was a girl in my year at drama school quite a bit older than me. I knew that she was a lesbian and I'd got, we just started hanging out and I was getting, it was really confusing. It's getting, you know, yeah. All I can say is all that stuff that everyone talks about, like not being able to find the right thing to say or trying to crack a joke and it's not funny, feeling really awkward around someone. That's how it felt. When we kissed on the wall in Canal Street, it was a boiling hot summer's day and the heavens opened. And then we got on the bus, back to hers and there was steam <laughs> literal steam <laughs> coming off the wet clothes <laughs> so yeah no I won't go any further than that
3: no that's all right sweetheart you <laughs> don't have to give any more details than that I just love yeah. the kissing in the rain it's so you know it could be from queer as folk couldn't it on Canal Street just I literally gorgeous. wrote a
4: song about it because of that called here in my heaven but it is like that's exactly what it was
3: amazing so you you came out in your personal life around the same time that diva came out on the shelves how long do you think it took you to kind of come to terms with being a lesbian
4: i was still going to church i was still going to the catholic church so but because i wasn't at my community church back in bradford where i sung and i was a big part of the of the church community i suddenly sort of found myself in a church in manchester where nobody knew i was and i'd sit at the back. And then I came out, and then obviously I knew what the church thought about uh, LGBT, and um, yeah, I suddenly just stopped going to church. It just all didn't sit right. Mm. And Sundays was weird because all of my life, every Sunday was taken up with church and grandma's house, I, so I'd never had a free Sunday. So Sundays like used to send me into a bit of a, a bit of a spin, a bit of a panic. So instead, I got myself a jazz gig in Velvet on Canal Street, and so I, I did a jazz residency there for about um three if not four years and it's it's weird but it felt like like it filled that hole so Mm. it was somewhere that i needed to be on a sunday because the first few weeks of not going to church was just i just it must be the catholic guilt and everything else it was just not okay felt a bit lost so then i didn't tell my parents for 18 months uh i wrongly presumed what my mum's reaction would be because of the catholicism the girl that i kissed left after about 18 months and it was a bit of a shock I didn't see it coming and so at that point I went because I just still was kidding myself that it was just an obsession with her at that point I just was confronted with the heartbreak and um, my first real one and whether whether I was a lesbian yes I started having panic attacks it's the only time i like really quite severe. I thought I was dying the first time it happened. Anyone who was like first their first panic mm. attack, you think this is this must be a heart attack because mm. I literally I, I literally feel like it's gonna tear out my chest. Um so a mate of mine, Liz Hume Dawson, her name is, I'm gonna gonna put her name out there. She's an actress actually, Liz Hume Dawson, a bit older than me, I didn't drive, she said I'm putting you in your car. She was from Bradford, putting you in the car, we're going across the M62, and I'll wait outside and you're gonna go tell your mum and dad. So I did, and I told my brother already, yeah. so he was all prepped. He was at my mum and dad's for me to come home for the big reveal, and I just told him and then left and left it to him. <laughs> <laughs> did a runner back over the M62, <laughs> back to Manchester. So, I mean, they were amazing. They were amazing. I think, And I think as soon as I told my parents, then it started to sit a bit easier. I never, ever told my grandparents, unfortunately. Right. I did try a couple of times. But it didn't go so well. Yeah. Uh, My nan sort of said, "Mm, "I know what you're trying to tell me, but please don't, because Mm. what you're trying to tell me is actually a sin." Mm. So I sort of was like, "Okay, I'll leave that there." (laughs) So yeah, yeah, that's kind of it.
3: And I guess when they passed away, then everybody knew. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing all that. (laughs) It's really, it's really nice that you that you're opening up. I really appreciate that. I can see that's that's it's a tough time, isn't it? It's a tender, tough.
1: But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
3: So you, you're at drama school, then you become a professional actor, but you stayed not out in your professional life for quite some time. What, what were those years like?
4: oh not only only in the only in the press yes like all all cast and crew and everybody else knew you know it just wasn't advisable i think as well because i always played the girl in a man's world Mm. they never they never told me at london's burning not to be out to be fair to them honestly nobody dare Mm. nobody dare and i'm quite i'm quite embarrassed that i didn't I mean, Sophie Ward was a trailblazer. I mean, she literally, I've told her to her face. I've said, you literally are like an actual hero because you followed that whole story with with her and the Village Affair and Mm. her then coming out in the press. And they were just awful. The press were just awful. And they, they, like I say, they always made it, no matter what it was, they couldn't make it sound salacious Mm. or dirty or put a spin on it that was just unsavory. So it was really scary.
3: And then was it lip service? Was it getting that part that finally you thought, okay, I'm gonna take the plunge and, and be open with yeah, the press Yeah, I mean, about my it? agent
4: actually said to me, if you take this job, you're gonna have to talk about your sexuality and are you ready? And um, quite frankly, if I wasn't ready by that point, that would have been ridiculous. Cause I was like 34, <laughs> you know? And I just felt like, yeah, now's the time. And now's the time to really open up and talk about all of it. And I'd had a really nice career at that point as well. So I thought even if this like literally goes down the pan, Mm. I've done a good like 15 years of this stuff so I could do something else. I think I was ready to go. It was a bit like, what do you call it, switch or bust. Do you know what I mean? It was like, it was a a moment where you go, this, people might not hire me again. But um, times had changed by that point. So I was, yeah, I wasn't that brave. (laughs) Times had changed for sure.
3: But you still were brave, because you were part of, like, the biggest lesbian show, and you were, and you did come out. Like, I remember that moment. I remember that being a huge thing. You were, sweetheart. I definitely would consider you a trailblazer, but we're all standing on other people's shoulders i guess aren't we like you're talking about lovely sophie but i definitely think of you as one as well
4: I, I i should have done it sooner but who's to say if i'd have done it sooner that i would have ever been in lip service so mm. you know you just you just don't know and then with hindsight it's a wonderful thing but um i i felt ready i think i think when you when you come out it's funny how everything else about your life starts to like slot into place mm. in the sense of suddenly I knew what my politics were and knew what I thought about various things in life and justices, what I cared about, what, what really mattered. By mm. the time I was 34, yeah. like I felt solid in myself as a woman. Mm. I knew, because, yeah, I, I knew who I was as a woman. And, and so there wasn't a lot that could touch me, if, if that makes sense. It's like, it, well, it doesn't matter because I know I'm a decent person and I know what I believe in and I know, yeah.
3: And then I'd love to ask, So from when you were in lip service to where we are now, how much do you think representation of um, lesbians, LGBTQI people, how much do you think that's changed
4: on TV and in film? I think it's changed massively. And I think the main change, just from watching the content that I watch, take something like Call My Agent, you know the gorgeous French agent. She just happens to be a lesbian. I think what's really, really cool is the integration of LGBT, where it's not the focal issue, where that's just a little add-on, and you're really thrilled when you realise she is. Do you know what I mean? It's like a wicked show. She's an agent. It's mostly about that. She's really hot, and um, oh great, and she's she's one of us. And I think that that's happening in quite a lot of shows. You know, I think it's still important, it would be nice to see something else like lip service again, mm. where, you know, the fact is that if you are a lesbian, and suddenly sort of you get in my situation where you've got three kids and you live in a lovely Brighton community where actually most of our mates are straight, actually, but this is the first time in my life that's happened. Pre-kids, like, I would tend to hang out with predominantly uh, gay guys and lesbian women and bi, bi men and women, you know? That, 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 that was our social life. And I think there is space for those series uh, mm. where the you know the straight people are the people on the <laughs> <periphery, you know? laughs> whereas there's, there's, there, there could be a show where it's predominantly gay, it just represents another side of life. Mm. Um, but I, but I do think that the that it's a wonderful thing that we're seeing our community popping up in all sorts of places where it's not the focal point, where we don't have to have um, a coming out story or you know you know what I'm saying.
3: Mm. And this brings us nicely onto your fabulous new role in everyone's favourite show, <laughs> East... You're in EastEnders, sweetheart! Congratulations!
4: It's a complete curveball. It is a curveball. Between doing the self-tape... Self-tape, seriously, any actor out there knows <laughs> what we feel about self-tapes. Between doing the self-tape and actually being on Albert Square was two weeks... Like I I didn't really
3: know. (laughs) What's your what's your favourite thing about Eve, about playing her?
4: I like the fact that they've just let me. They've let me give the remit about kind of what she wears, who she is. I've tried to give her some swagger.
3: Yeah.
4: I've tried to go to the butcher end of the spectrum, even though quite a lot of my uh, very uh, butch friends will just laugh in my face if I like to say, if I like to consider myself a little bit butch. They just laugh in my face. <laughs> um, but I like to think that I've, I've gone somewhere along towards that 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 end of that spectrum so yeah i mean the minute it said uh, functional comfortable clothes as a character description i thought i mean <laughs> i mean because i see lacey turner in the boots like that complaining and i'm just in the new balance trainers and i'm happy <laughs> um, so yeah I, I just think i think they've made it they've made her quite funny they've made her quite light light at this point lots of great one-liners um, so hopefully i'm just bringing a bit of joy and a bit of fun to the show that's certainly my aim anyway at the moment and then we'll see what happens
3: oh you definitely are you definitely are from the ones i've been watching at the moment the only thing i'm gutted about is i was so here for you and Lacey being like a saucy little couple like i was really i was yeah, really I up know, for that but you
4: know what? i think like if we're talking about truth mm. i think this is truer I also think that there's an amazing dynamic that we're already into and exploring of this formidable friendship. Mm. And and that's what me and Lacey are trying to do. And we, we're great mates and um, we're trying to create this incredible female duo yeah. that get up to a lot of this, that and the other, support each other completely. And I think, has it been a relationship that's been massively explored? The straight girl and the lesbian girl Who are super, super close friends and don't actually cross that boundary. Yeah. I think I think it's I think it's a new a new relationship and and a true relationship. Mm. I've got so many straight girlfriends. You know, and I think I think let's look at that and and see what that is.
3: Definitely. Oh no, I love them as a duo. I love them as a friendship (laughs) duo too. For sure, for sure. So we've got to be very careful. We don't want to give any sort of spoilers. I don't want to get you in any trouble with any big wigs at EastEnders. But if Eve was going to have a love interest, what sort of woman do you think she would go for?
4: I think she likes to be kept on her toes. I think the kind of woman that she would go for would be incredibly complex. I don't think she likes things easy. She's super bright and she needs to be kept entertained. So, yeah, a complex, intelligent, savvy woman. We can probably give her a run for her money because I, I think she's in it for the game to a degree as well that she can, you know, and um, ultimately someone who can beat her at that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts as well, Heather, about specifically queer representation in soaps. So I think this is another really interesting, a really interesting parallel with the story of Diva. So the year that Diva came out, 94, it was about that time that Brookside had the first pre-Watershed two women kissing and it was on a soap. And here we are now again talking about this kind of lesbian queer representation in soap operas. What do you think is the very specific kind of power of having this visibility in something that in as so many homes as EastEnders, as Brookside?
4: Uh, I hate to use the word because and anyone who ever uses this word in these terms always says I hate to use the word normalise mm-hmm. but it becomes I think you know when we had our civil partnership me and else have, have said that we kind of opted for, like, um, I had a white jacket and black trousers and she had this beautiful, Alexander McQueen it was, beautiful shirt, white shirt and black trousers. And we didn't go for the two wedding dresses and this was 2013. And actually, I don't know that I would now either because I genuinely don't really wear dresses, but we didn't look at it as an option. And, and we've talked about this recently and gone, is that a little bit of internalised homophobia? Because mm. it was something that we hadn't seen at that point. It felt odd to us even though we're the lesbians yeah it's because it wasn't and now i've seen like so many friends get married into both in wedding dresses and and it it just it doesn't jar at all so even from like you know two lesbian women who didn't even see that as an option because it was still a bit odd back then i think that's what representation does within soaps it stops jarring on people the more you Mm. see a man and a man kiss and love each other or a woman and a woman and it's taken out of that terrible pornographic context where it's it's love i think i just think it stops So many people don't live within the circles that we live in it just stops being odd mm. and and that in, in 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 its own way just makes a change i
3: was i was doing um like a, a deep dive deep heather piece dive reading all these other <laughs> Which sounds dodgy. Sorry, love. do not mean that to sound dodgy. Sorry. Let's rephrase that. Didn't mean to make anyone uncomfortable. Uh, sorry, love. So I was in preparation, in preparation for this interview, because this is the ninth time you've been on the cover. So I was reading all the old uh, cover interviews, including ones from you know ten plus years ago. And am I right that you met Ellie playing football?
4: i did we were the left wing of Whitehawk football team she was the left back and i was the left forward it is your classic lesbian love story <laughs> and she used to scream at me to get back because i used to i used to glory hunt i used to glory hunt i scored a lot of goals to be fair roxy yeah but i should have been defending a bit more than i was but i always say to her i knew you'd got it i knew you had it covered so i could go for goal and that's pretty much how we are in life <laughs>
3: that's amazing oh my goodness that's incredible
4: <laughs> we knew we, we knew each other for eight years before we got together that's mad like that you I literally of- remember the first time I saw her and she came she, she was only 21 she came but she was with a girlfriend at the time who's now a really really good friend of ours obviously yes. as it happens in <laughs> and after relationships yeah uh, Ruth is one of our best mates literally comes on holiday with us So she'd been with her for ages, I was 27 or 28, she was 21 or 22, she came down to check out the football club, was moving down from London, we were at the end of a training session and she said I had my backwards baseball cap on and when I saw her come to the stands, I just thought, oh my god, who's that, she's she's so fit, so I started doing keep-up as well, the manager's talking, I was doing that show-off thing of like, doing keep like like a teenage boy so she said funny. she remembers looking at her thinking what an ob. Old... <laughs> 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 but then she was she was with her yeah and then and then after she wasn't with her I'd met someone else so it never actually was perfect timing until it was perfect timing and actually to be fair if we'd have got together then I would have definitely messed it up right so it was it was all in the timing.
3: That's so, so funny that your first thought of her was, gosh, she's so fit, and hers was, what a knob. I love that. For sure, for sure. It's like, what's she doing? Heather Peace, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you, and thank you so much for being our fantastic, celebratory, 300th-issue cover star. You look absolutely gorgeous.
4: Yeah, I did actually come home, and I felt it almost like, Almost gave me like a little
2: confidence boost, which was really nice. So, thank you. Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA women and non binary people. Every week, we bring you new interviews from a vast range of fabulous people, celebrating and amplifying the voices of the LGBTQIA community. Browse our extensive back catalogue of episodes to find your favourites, from Jennifer Beals to Abby Jacobson. It's like one gorgeous, glossy magazine in your ear. Please share, rate or review us. It really does help. You can find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email me at editorial at diva-magazine.com. Pod Diva. Queers for your
0: ears. Pod Diva.